como 10 minutos. Okay. Nada más que eso y de ahí viene el, el, el sendero nuevamente de unos 3-4 metros de ancho. Welcome to another edition of Strangers Abroad. This podcast is a series of conversations with the wonderful and weird people that I met while backpacking throughout Latin America. These are the hitchhikers, the couch surfers, the expats, the thrill seekers, the knowledge junkies, volunteers, and society quitters. The people who, for one reason or another, made the decision to challenge themselves, to leave behind the comforts of home, venture out into the world, to see what happens. Here we go. Sarah and I also met at the hostel in San Jose, Costa Rica, where she was working at a program that teaches English to locals. We got along pretty quickly. Sarah says exactly what's on her mind and has a specific pep that is emulated by the bounce in her curly red hair. Although far from Scotland, Costa Rica was not her first rodeo. This love of learning combined with a travel competition she has with her brothers keeps her on the move. As a well-traveled woman, she's attuned with the complexities and subtleties of new places and is thrilled by how vastly different locations in the world can share so many similarities, exposing the elegant simplicity of our earth. She strives for a genuine travel experience and is not interested in seeing a new terrain through a window. She wants to get her feet on the ground, breathe the air, and chat up anyone that comes her way. Here's her story. Would you like to introduce yourself? I am Sarah. I come from Scotland, but I've been living here in Costa Rica for the last year. Right. Where in Costa Rica are we right now? We are in San Jose in Los Jesus. And Scotland is quite far from Costa Rica. <laughs> so how did, uh, how did you end up here? I have traveled a fair amount before, and I absolutely love traveling and being in new countries and meeting new people and I guess all the normal reasons for traveling. Right. But I'd never lived outside of Scotland before. And I really wanted to stay somewhere for a much longer period of time to really get to know a country much better. Mm. Uh, so I decided to do a Celta course so I could teach English and, you know, it's a fairly easy way of finding work abroad so I could live somewhere else. Right. And I'd never been to Centro or South America. So for various reasons, I chose to come to Costa Rica. It's meant to be beautiful and happy and friendly. And it is. Right. Yeah. Just jumping out of your comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. Where uh, have you traveled before Costa Rica? Um, I've been to... <laughs> me and my brothers have a competition. My brother started this when we were teenagers about who has been to the most countries. So I always know exactly how many countries I've been to. That I've is so to... <laughs> good. That is so awesome. I'm currently middle. One of my... The middle child is winning and the oldest is losing. Ah! Um, <laughs> so I've been to 38 countries, mostly in Europe and Asia. Right. Oh my goodness, that's awesome. And so how many does your oldest and... Ian has now been to 41. He was equal with me until about a month ago when he suddenly went to um, Athens in Greece uh-huh. and Sweden and then he came here to see me for a few weeks. Damn, that is so awesome. Are there any places that you've been that your brothers haven't been to yeah, or have like you all... No, there's overlap. Um, yeah, where's the overlap? The overlap... I guess or where's not the yeah where's, where's not the overlap? Not the I've overlap. seen a lot more Central Asia, um, oh, wow. so I've been to Mongolia a couple of times, Russia a few times, various Central Asian countries. Um, I've never been to South America, but both of them have. Uh, so yeah, I am not I've not seen very much of Southeast Asia either. I've only been to Vietnam, Southeast Asia. Gotcha. So out of all of these places, um, 
I like avoiding the term favorite. Which out of those surprised you? Surprised me? Oh, Kazakhstan probably. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. I really enjoyed Kazakhstan. When I first got there, we traveled from Azerbaijan, so we crossed the Caspian Sea, and we got into Western Kazakhstan, where there's nothing. There is the oil industry and the desert, and that's about it. Um, but once you manage to, with difficulty, <laughs> find your way across from Western Kazakhstan, as soon as you start getting towards Central and Eastern Kazakhstan, it's beautiful. It's the mountains in the south are really stunning. Um, Astana, which was, sorry, Almaty, which was the old capital, it's just, it's in southeastern Kazakhstan, it's surrounded by mountains, it's really, it's like wide boulevards that are tree-lined and with beautiful flowers, and it's a really pretty city, and you just have views of the mountains all around, mm-hmm. and the countryside around it is beautiful as well. So yeah, I guess wow. I just didn't have much of a preconception of Kazakhstan, but right. it surprised me. I don't, I don't know if many people yeah. do, <laughs> but uh, what brought you there? Um, I was traveling overland from, I was going to go from Scotland to India overland, and the most obvious route to get from the UK to India is through Europe and then Iran and Pakistan, right. India. At the time I was leaving, Pakistan was closing its borders to foreigners on and off, but I didn't want to risk getting to the border with Pakistan not being able to get through, right. or being able to rush through in a police escort, which isn't you know a good way to see a country. No, um, no, so I decided I would just go the long way around and come in via again, Nepal, Tibet, that kind of way. Um, because I had, it's to, if you go through all of the Central Asian countries, you have to have visas for really specific dates. So you're going to have to have your trip planned to the exact day. And I didn't want that kind of trip. I wanted to be a bit more free and easy. And I also, I'd already been through Russia. Not like, you know, you can't go back there. It's a huge country. There's still more to see. Um, But because I'd already taken a Trans-Siberian, which is an obvious route to get through Russia, I wanted to do something a bit different. And so I ended up going through Georgia, Azerbaijan, uh, Kazakhstan, and then back to Mongolia, which is my favorite. So why is Mongolia your favorite? Almost for the same reasons that Costa Rica has kind of matched it as one of my favourite, although they're such different countries. Right. I love the landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, here, obviously, is rainforest, cloud forest, beaches, it's beautiful. There is empty. It's just the most, it's just massive and empty. You can drive for, the last time I was there, I was getting a lift in a camper van. We did drive for two days and not pass a single settlement. Um, wow. So it's just big and empty. Um, and in the north, it's all alpine, so it's really pretty. And the people there, same as here, the people here are the friendliest people ever. They're, I love the people there, but again, they're so different to here. They're really, um, I guess, slightly more like the perception of Russian people, where when you first meet them, it can be, they're never cold, but it's a lot more kind of serious or stoic. Mm. But once you get to know them, and they're just the most helpful people, I think maybe because they're so few and far between when you're in that country. Um, so as soon as you see somebody, the most hospitable people you ever meet. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So how long have you been in Costa Rica for? I have been here for just over a year now. Wow. And how's your Spanish? (laughs) Not great. (laughs) Working on it? Yeah, working on it slowly but surely. I didn't know any Spanish before I came here. And I work with North Americans and I live with the North Americans. And I'm not naturally great at learning languages. So yeah, it's not as improved as much as it should. But it has improved. I can get by fine now. Right, right. What has this path of, of travel and exploring and being out of your you know, native home, what has that provided for you that maybe you couldn't have gotten in Scotland? <laughs> 
definitely the ability to experience new things constantly and it makes me so happy every time there's just the tiniest detail mm -hmm. some little detail which is so different to home which of course is all of life here and um, it's just it's so different and I love constantly being reminded of how different it is right and um, how different from home and how different from other places I've experienced as well um, like I love Scotland it's a beautiful country and it's wonderful but I've lived there my entire life and uh, the city I lived in was not a friendly place um, I much prefer being here in this incredibly friendly country where you're constantly chatting to new people and just meeting it new is. people. So what are some of those things that you can kind of highlight right now and be like, oh, this is why I love Costa Rica? Or like, what are the differences that you can pinpoint off the top of your head that you're like, ah, oh, this is nice? I guess there's a big differences. Like, um, obviously the the country looks incredibly different. We don't have cloud forests and rainforests, and we have pretty beaches in Scotland, but right. we, have, we do not have the weather to enjoy them. Can't really tan. <laughs> <laughs> no, not so much. Um, and the people, like Scottish people are great, but the city I lived in is just, it's not a particularly friendly city uh, as a whole. You walk down the street and nobody like, interacts with you hmm. or engages you. Whereas here, people are always coming up and just chatting to me. And even though my Spanish isn't and anywhere close to perfect, I can still have all these lovely small interactions. Um, one time I was on a bus, I was eating a banana, I finished my banana, I was sitting holding the peel. The guy sitting next to me was getting off first. He took my banana peel for me to go and put it in the bin for me. Like it's just the most like tiny little thing like that, but it's so friendly and so lovely. I love things like that. And then there are all the small things, like the food's really different and... I don't know, I'm trying to think of really specific small examples of just the way people go about doing things here. Right. It's just, the, it's the small differences. That, right. Yeah. Like those just, little day-to-days. Yeah, like, like all of the, you just do things differently in different countries. Right. Like, oh, that's not how we do it at home. And I love that. Right. I love being constantly reminded of the, the tiny differences as well Absolutely. as the big ones. Right. And the little differences kind of make you realize that the big differences aren't as big as they seem if that yeah, makes sense like that like small things add up to I don't know but as well as all the small things are adding up and there are big differences it's still oh we're all just people getting on right. with our lives and that's, yeah. that's kind of what it like boils down to is like yes there are all these differences but at the same like at the end of the day like we all kind of want the same thing of like we just want a bed to go home to we just want to be fed we just want to like hang out and have fun with our friends exactly. and be happy and yeah you know like we all kind of want these like similar things and the world isn't as yeah, like, like scary the issues are really really similar and then the small tiny details right. make it exciting that they're different right so what are you doing in Costa Rica what is I, your job I work for a company that teaches business English um, oh. I applied for a job as a full-time teacher um, they offered me uh, what they called a hybrid position of working in the office for a couple of days a week and teaching a couple of classes. They are a North American company and they normally only hired North American people. Um, so they gave me this hybrid position so because they'd never had a non-North American before. Interesting. And so what are you doing during your non-office days? I now do the recruitment for them. And I am recruiting more non-North Americans, <laughs> slowly building up our numbers. Right. Um, I also work in their online learning system. Very cool. So Scotland has recently been going through some transformations. What are your, or, or attempting to? <laughs> they tried um, to go through some transformations. Tried to. What are your opinions about that? I wish we had said yes in the referendum. I wish I could have been at home to vote in the referendum. Mm. Um, I watched it actually here with some friends in the hostel here. And... I would have given anything to be able to afford just to fly home and vote and come back again. Oh, but obviously wow. that's very expensive. Point of information. 
Scotland is part of the United Kingdom, which consists of England, Wales, Northern Ireland, and Scotland. The referendum was the ability for the Scottish people to debate and vote on whether or not Scotland should remain part of the UK or become an independent nation. The Scottish population was divided. The argument was whether or not Scotland's financial and legal powers would be stable or stronger if they were no longer dependent on England. On September 18, 2014, the vote was no, and Scotland remained part of the United Kingdom and did not become independent. Um, I would have voted yes, and I, I'm sad that we didn't vote yes, but I understand the reasons. It's you know, a very scary proposition. We've been part of the United Kingdom for 300 years, and it's not a great time economically to try and pull our little, little country away right. from there. Um, so I understand why people were nervous and scared about it, but also, what if that was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity? Not that it's the only reason you say yes, because you can't say yes again. But right. we're controlled by... The UK government is very... Just the politics of the UK are so different to the politics of Scotland. We're a very small country, which means we have a very small voice within this bigger country. Um, so yeah, I'm, I was very sad that the vote was no, although I understood why people got nervous at the last minute. But yeah, I hope that there are still changes to be made. Right. Did it seem as though it was going to go through at some point? I think because the Yes campaign was always more successful than a No campaign. There was so much mm. you could um, talk down about a No campaign, whereas the Yes campaign it was much more grassroots driven as well, which was a really positive thing. Um, and I think just the optimism, I think people got really swept up and carried away in the optimism um, because I think it was a bigger voice, the Yes campaign. They were just doing a much better job of campaigning. Um, but obviously that didn't carry through on the polls. Right. That's so sad. Um, are, is there anything specific you miss about home? Food. That's <laughs> I know I should say people, but... <laughs> that's what everybody says, though. Like, I've asked this question. The first thing this one German guy said was, I miss the bread. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, that makes sense. I guess it's a fairly standard answer. The accents as well. Because mm. if you're German, you're over here, you're going to meet loads of other German people. Oh if you're from the States, like every second person you meet. in German at yeah. this point. Like, like, most countries, or not most countries, but plenty of... The people who are here are going to meet plenty of right. their other countrymen. Whereas if you're Scottish, it doesn't right. happen so much. And when you're when you're traveling actively, like you really don't meet that many Scottish mm -mm. people. So why why do you think that is? I'm not sure. I know we're a small country. There's only five million of us, but the the same can be said about plenty of other countries where you right. do meet loads of people from there. Oh my God, Australians, right? Yeah, or just there's so many small countries where they travel loads and. So maybe Scottish people just don't travel that much. But at home, you don't really get the impression that we're a country that just doesn't go anywhere. Right. But um, I guess your impression is often so kind of warped by your the group of friends and people closest to you. Absolutely. And I have a lot of friends who like traveling. So Absolutely. maybe we don't travel, but I've just never noticed that. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so when's the next time you're going home? I'm actually going home like five weeks time. Oh, nice. Very yeah. nice. It's my best friend's wedding and I would not miss it for the world. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so what is a phrase or an idiom that you could teach me that I should say if I ever go to Scotland? Okay, I will teach you an English one, not a Gaelic one, since That's nobody fine. really speaks Gaelic there anymore. Um, there's one I actually learned from some of the women I used to work with, and I quite like this expression. It's, uh, what's meant for you won't go by you. So if something's oh. meant to happen in your life, it's not going to pass you by. 
And it's kind of a nice way, people would often say this when something hasn't happened for you, like maybe you've applied for a new job and you didn't get it. And like, well, if it was, I guess it's kind of like, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Right. If you're meant to get that job, you would have. So yeah, what's meant for you won't go by you. Oh my God. When something's meant for you, it will happen for you. That is beautiful. Yeah, I like it. It's quite, yeah, a nice positive message. That's really great. Well, thank you so much. (laughs) This has been awesome. Last I heard from Sarah, she was still in Costa Rica, in a village called Tortuguero, only accessible by an hour-long boat ride. There are no vehicles, just a small sandy path to navigate your way around the tiny village where she saw wild turtles lay eggs in the sand. And you can't get much of that in Scotland. I asked her what her future plans were, and she says... In terms of next steps, I promised my family I'd go spend next summer living back home for a few months. They're all very done with me living so far away. Since I know that's definitely happening, I'm already pretty heartbroken about the idea of leaving Costa Rica. Although realistically, it would have probably been around the time I'd be leaving anyways. I've been living here for two years by then. After that, for now I'm thinking South Korea. But that plan is so far in the future that there's a high chance of it changing. She brings up a good aspect on why many people find it hard to fully commit themselves to travel, which is leaving the comforts of family and friends. It's really hard. Although I've traveled a lot and know what to expect at this point, I personally get pretty thick bouts of homesickness in the beginning. But it's what you go through to see what's out there. I also rationalize it as, you know, I'm out there exploring and taking advantage of an opportunity that my family members didn't have. And I travel for them. As does Sarah. As In the next episode, we cluck and squeal with Gabby from San Jose, who shows us that love sometimes needs no words. We were all supposed to meet at this restaurant, and I walked in. It was literally, for me at least, like a movie. You know, I stood aside, so I'm, I was like, I like him. So it was funny because I was so embarrassed to speak English to him. He didn't know Spanish at all. So we're all like with looks and, you know, like maybe trying to move me to the other side or whatever it is that you might touch a little bit. Right. And it was like very, I don't know, like beyond language. Hear more next time on Strangers Abroad.